0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Bible Belt Bros Podcast. Today, we've got a special bro, not necessarily in the house today. He is on the phone. His name is Rob Decker. You can find him at robdeckerspeaks.com. He is a personal trainer. He is all about faith and he's all about fitness. And if you want some motivation, check him out on Facebook his name's Rob Decker. All you have to do is search his name. Thanks for being on the podcast, bro.
1: Well, thanks. Thanks for uh, allowing me to to share and, and be on your on your your show, man.
0: No, nope, no problem. We're, Andrew's been hounding me, which Andrew has a uh, he's got short term memory loss from his Afghanistan days, and so I think he might have
1: forgot. It's all good, you know. I mean, yeah, as a personal trainer, I work with people that have those type of issues, man. I have a a woman who. Had a major head trauma and and so she has memory issues and stuff like that and she's had to redevelop all that kind of stuff so it's completely understandable it, it's un, it's unfortunate but like you know um, that is good bro
0: yeah for sure and and I usually do a better job about reminding him but I did not
1: today and it's Memorial Day come on week. you're your brother's keeper bro you're your brother's know. keeper you better get on top of it man
0: I know I'm I'm really bad at it. I think, so let's talk about personal training. Um, you, when I follow you on Facebook, you're, you're always, you're always working out.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's my life, you know, I mean, uh, so personal training, um, you know, because of the, the, you know, the accident that I was in or the, whatever you want to call it, the situation, the, the, uh, the suicidal experiments. Um, yeah. You know, it's played a huge role in my life. And so, you know, a lot of it was prior to me breaking my back. I, I was a personal trainer and I heavily loved fitness. And then when the hospital and the doctors pretty much threw, threw in the towel on me, uh, it was really up to me to uh, get back in shape and all that stuff. And, and now what I try to do is I use, you know, the things that I've been through um, and the pain and the suffering and the patience and the process. And I try to pour that into my clients. Um, and just trying to be uh, understanding and empathetic and, you know, um, these things take time, you know, results, real results take time, man. Um, you're not going to get that six week fix. I mean, there's certain things you can do to lose body fat or get a little bit stronger, but at the end of the day, it's all lifestyle, man.
0: Right. no abs in 30 days process. <laughs> That's what I've been looking
1: um, for. Um, I mean. <laughs> Unless you know a guy that sells meth and you don't feel like eating <laughs> for 30 days. <laughs> I mean, the possibilities are there, bro. <laughs> so, all right. So I kind of... Just just what are you willing to do? Exactly. So, well, I always
0: said, if, man, if I was a movie star, I got my work out every day, but I really don't think that's even true. Like if I... I've had days where I'm not doing anything and I still tend to play video games instead. So <laughs> I don't know what my problem well, is.
1: For sure, well, you know, it's just finding how bad you want it and what your motivation is, why you're doing these things like setting yourself up with short-term goals, long-term goals. I mean, it's all part of the process, man. Um, but you have to kind of want it. So,
0: and I think for me, I've, I've noticed, cause I'm involved in CR. I don't know if you are uh, familiar with that down there. I think it started in California, Celebrate Recovery. It's like a Christian 12 step so, program.
1: Yeah. And that's absolutely amazing. I actually, uh, the night before we went went to Colorado for for vacation, um, I spoke at Celebrate Recovery. Oh, nice! Uh, in Los Angeles, yeah, my buddy runs it over there, so he had me come out and share my testimony with Celebrate Recovery, and I respect it greatly because um, I'm not an AA guy. You know, I quit drinking five years ago, and and I'm not fond of their doctrine. I don't believe that it's Christian, and the guys that created it are not Christian, even though, you know. AA will tell you some of those people in AA will tell you it's a christian-founded organization and and it's not with with the proper research you find out that it's not but with celebrate recovery what happens is is that they kind of took the same mold and um they applied scripture to every single step and and at the end of the day like that's what it's all about it's about jesus and and um you know when i sat in celebrate recovery you know they'd come up like hey you know, I'm a lover of Jesus or whatever it is that they say, the first thing that comes out of their, their mouth is like Jesus, you know? Yeah, and so grateful believer um, in Jesus
0: Christ and I'm celebrating recovery. There it is. Whatever you're,
1: yeah. I do yeah. that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I was able to respect that and receive that because, you know, at the end of the day, like you can be part of any program, but without the Lord, it's all in it's vain. still trying to
0: use your own power. And that's, that's the, that's the first step is denial that we don't have the power.
1: Right. And we need him. And, uh, he delivered me from alcohol, man. He took it away from me. And, and, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for that because my, my life has improved on a whole nother level because of it. So he's been good to me.
0: Good deal. And I I brought up celebrate recovery because baby steps is something that I've realized this last couple of weeks, like uh, even in my just my own recovery, like I need to focus on the smaller goals, you know, and not right. not be like I'm not healed yet. What the heck, you know, <laughs> like that's my problem. Is like I'm never right. gonna be healed, but uh, it's the baby well, steps that you got to look at, look at, and celebrate those,
1: right? And and you know, um, even though I'm not part of the celebrate recovery process, you know, um, I, I know that when I spoke, a lot of people in the audience can relate to the things I was saying, and and I mentioned. You know, it's all a process. And I do believe this. I believe that God in a moment could come down and take whatever it is away from us. But if we're not going to learn in that process and draw closer to him and improve different areas of our life, then why do it? Like he's the all knowing father and, and he knows what it takes to make it work. And so you get to figure yourself out through that process and, and you get to grow and develop and you're going to get some skills that you're going to be able to pass on to other people because it just wasn't taken away from you. So be patient. You know, um, there's something to be learned in all of it. Oh yeah, and and you can use those skills and and to to bless other people.
0: So let's let's back up because we just kind of jumped into this conversation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's um, cool. I mean, you're the one that gets to edit the situation, right? Know, you're the right? one that edited, <laughs> right? So um, but let's yeah, back up. Let's whatever you back, want to do, man.
0: Your name is Rob.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm hello. My name my name is Rob Becker and I'm a lover of Jesus Christ.
0: There we go. And uh so <laughs> you had sent me a video of your story. So let's back up and talk about yeah. your injury, how yeah. you broke your back, and kind of that process for you.
1: Yeah. Um So ultimately, you know, it always, it's always so much deeper. It always starts somewhere else. It's not really about the event itself as, as process leading up to that event. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, I came from the broken home. There's a lot of drugs. There was a lot of alcohol. My mom was a single mom when she had me and, you know, people had told her that she should have an abortion and she didn't have an abortion. Thank God. And, you know, so from a very early age, my mom was very protective of me and she met a man, got pregnant had my sister got married to this man. They had a relationship and, um, you know, there was a lot of drugs and alcohol, a lot of fighting. Uh, there was no negotiating a compromise in that relationship. There were two completely different entities. You know, my mom protected me a lot because I was her first child and, and my father wasn't around. And, um, uh, so that created some division in the house. Plus my, my father, you know, I didn't look like him and, and, uh, and in kindergarten, I found out he wasn't my real father, and my sister wasn't my real sister, and that kind of black sheeped me, and and you know that that created some separation in my heart. Now, at such a young age, the crazy thing is that after that event took place, you know, I, I left the home. So the way that I found out is that my in kindergarten, I came home and I had a certification and it had his name on it, and. Um, I showed it to them. His mom wasn't happy about it. So his mom said, you know, he's not, Rob's not one of us. So He's going to have to change his name. And so um, my mom gave me her maiden name. And, and, and that day I found out that my dad wasn't my biological father and my sister wasn't my sister and my full sister. And, and uh, I remember leaving the house and just having this overwhelming uh, feeling of it doesn't really matter because God is my father. And so I had this God experience at such a young age. And you know, as time went on, um, you know, you start feeling the separation more. There's definitely more problems in the household. So whatever goes on between mom and dad trickles down to us. And then, you know, my sister and I always fought because there was always a a sense of favorites in the house. And as we started getting older, we, you know, things became more reckless in our home. And, uh, you know, I know my sister started doing drugs at like 12 or 13 years old. She started smoking at a young age. I'm a year, about a year, year and a half older than her. And so I started maybe my freshman uh, year in high school where I started smoking marijuana and started drinking and hanging out and making new friends. And, you know, um, with all the crazy stuff going on at home, I continued to, you know, um, drink and and smoke weed and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and, you know, initially it was more recreational, more fun. That's what your friends were doing, but trust me, it was a great getaway from all the stuff that was going on, on at home. And, Eventually, um, you know, the reckless behavior with everybody in the household would lead to my sister getting involved with gangs. Um, My mom got heavily into drugs and their relationship was was sideways, man. And my dad had a girlfriend. My mom had a boyfriend. My dad wasn't living in the house. My my mom was strung out and my sister and I were uh, affiliated with gangs and drugs and, and, and thugs and I, and I had some great friends in in the mix of all that as well, but there was a lot going on and you know it led into my father and I getting in fist fights, um, just the drugs, the alcohol man, the rebellion, and eventually we got kicked out of our house and as time went on, you know I would have to go find work and and I'd get these jobs, but I had all these issues. And, and those issues would, would start to really show up over time. Cause I would still go out and I drink and I party and on my breaks, I'd be doing drugs and, you know, eventually, you know, the marijuana and the alcohol led to acid and shrooms and cocaine. Uh, you know, you start delving into deeper, darker drugs. And uh, through my twenties, yeah, I was really getting addicted to the alcohol and the drugs and all that kind of stuff. And, Um, I finally made it to this job, Gold's Gym. And uh, I just love my fitness, man. I mean, fitness was my go-to, always been my go-to. It was just a thing that I was really drawn to. I was really drawn to sports. I was pretty athletic myself. So I think it was kind of a natural thing. Um, And lifting weights, I I was naturally a pretty strong guy. Most of my friends were a lot bigger than me. And so I really took to lifting the heavy weights because I'd be stronger than them. You know, It was a that was gratifying for me to be looked up at in, in that realm. And um, when I was at Gold's Gym, I met this dude and, and you know, he's always trying to preach Jesus to me. And, and uh, I was just like, you know what, bro, good for you, man. I'm glad it works for you. It's just not working for me, man. And I'm just going to do what I do. Cause you know, I was hooking up with all these chicks and, you know, doing the drugs and I wasn't trying to change that lifestyle. And I eventually, like that job, like any other job, I eventually lose that job because of um, my unstable ways. Eventually, I meet this young lady um, while I'm selling drugs. I started selling steroids and HGH and all that kind of stuff to make some extra income. And um, and I met this young lady at a bank while I was cashing a check. Well, I had a girl on, you know, I was I was driving her car to the bank. Like I had another girl, and. (laughs) I, I, this is, you know, this is my mindset, right? You know, and, and I ended up like beating this other girl and, and we start talking and dude, it was such a bad relationship. And, um, but it was exciting because I think up to this point, you know, with everything that had already gone on with my life, like it almost made sense, you know, the amount of destruction and chaos in that relationship almost just made a lot of sense. And, uh, it got to a point where, uh, it just got out of hand and we had to break up. Well, in that breakup, uh, my buddy, who I worked with at Gold's Gym, you know, brought me to his church and was like, hey, man, you know, uh, would you like to receive Jesus? And and I was like, yeah, man, you know, I think I think I do. Because the reality is, is you know, I needed something. And not that I ever denied God or Jesus or anything like that. Like, I think there was something inside me that said that was the right decision, but, but I wasn't going to be able to do the things that I want to do but at this juncture in my life, like things just weren't well, I wasn't working, um, you know, bad relationships with my family. Uh, I was using drugs, drinking alcohol. I mean, I just wasn't on a healthy path and I lifted weights, but the weights, you know, lifting at this juncture in my life was more of a vanity thing, you know, just look at me type of type of thing. And, and, um, so I got saved, I got saved and it was an amazing experience and I had great peace and I started reading the Bible and, you know, but the devil shows back up, right? And and my buddy hits me up and he's like, hey, Rob, you know, such and such uh, is on Craigslist. Now, I don't know if you know this or remember this, but uh, a woman could put herself on Craigslist and sell herself. And my buddy, <laughs> the little <laughs> savage that he is or whatever you want to call him, <laughs> was on Craigslist. And he, he calls me up and he's like, you know, hey, you know, such and such is on Craigslist selling herself. And you know, at this point I was like, man, that's horrible. You know, why would someone do such a thing? And don't get me wrong. Like I was still pretty unstable myself. The whole relationship with Christ was very, very fresh for me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, um, you know, I get back into her life, you know, she has all these clients and, you know, we're trying to work all this stuff out, but you know, it, I had to walk away from the church and the word and the Lord and my brothers and Christ in order to kind of hang out with her because, you know, I knew what I was doing and it was wrong. And, um, you know, I, I jumped back into alcohol and the drugs and all that kind of stuff. Well, she was in Hawaii and allegedly this was supposed to be her last client that she was ever going to have. And then we were going to work it all out. And, you know she called me from Hawaii she texted me from Hawaii she was showing me pictures of a black guy you know leading on that she had got raped and 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 he had forced himself on her and and uh and she apologized to me for the things that previously went on in our relationship well uh with that she on her way back home from Hawaii um came and picked me up at a buddy's house and we had been partying and stuff like that and and uh And we went back to her house. We stopped off the liquor store, picked up some alcohol, went back to her house and, and uh, got into a conversation and it was rough. You know, it was rough because I had this new God situation in my life. The stuff that happened to us before was pretty chaotic. Where she was in that moment was pretty nuts. Like what had happened to her in Hawaii was just crazy as well. And, uh, you know, um, I went downstairs to go shake it all off. Well, while I was downstairs, uh, I hear a loud banging at the door and it's the police department and she comes downstairs and I'm like, what's going on? And she looks at me and she tells me that she calls the cops and she tells the cops that I raped her and that I tried to kill her. Oh gosh. And yeah, it was, yeah. You know, and, and in that moment, it was just like the ultimate like betrayal and hurt and confusion and, you know, and you know, I think with the, the path that my life was on, regardless if I just recently got saved, because it was so fresh, like for me, it was all over, you know, here I am, this guy who's been in a lot of trouble, drugs and alcohol and all sorts of things. And, you know, I just looked at her and I just said, I can't do this anymore. I just can't live this way. And I turned around and ran headfirst out of a three story loft. Um, I wanted to kill myself, It was I wanted to break my neck, I wanted it to be over, I didn't want to feel the pain anymore, I just didn't want to be in this life. And I broke through that window, I clipped an awning on the way down, which changed my fall, and I ended up um, on the ground, broken, broken back, broken arms, uh, collapsed lung, and uh, I could hardly breathe. And I just remember looking up at that window, that broken window, asking God, why? You know, why would you let me live? And, uh, you know, I remember the ambulance and the cops coming out and going to the hospital and the immense pain that I was in in the hospital leading up to the surgery. Then I had a 10-hour surgery and I wake up the next day, I have tubes coming out of my neck, external fixator on my left arm, a brace um, on my right arm, a a back brace. I had um, pain coming from the back of my hamstring because apparently they pulled out hamstring to use it for something. Um, I was just in pain, man. I was a mess. Uh, I was on morphine. I was hooked up to the oxygen machine. Like, I mean, it was, you know, you're just being pieced back together, you know? Yeah, um,
0: insane.
1: it's just not, yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. Well, you know, then the cops show up, it's like, yo, Mr. Decker, you're under arrest for rape and attempted murder. Here's a million dollar bail. And then they throw the cuffs on me. And so now I'm cuffed <laughs> to a hospital bed. I can't walk. I can't move. I can't feed myself. I can't use the bathroom for myself. And I have 24-hour police surveillance. And, um, you know, I remember the the cop, he was just, uh, he was grilling me. He was reading the police report one morning, and he was just grilling me, man. And, and I remember I just started to break down you know, and and I told the cop, you know, he, he looked at me, he was just like, you know, you're just not a good guy. And, you know, I'm reading the report here and I started breaking down. I started crying and I was like, you know, I've done a lot of dumb things in my life, or a lot of bad things in my life, but that's just not something I would ever do, you know? And if anything, I cared about this girl and maybe not the right way, but I, I cared about her and, and it's just not something I would do. Well, you know, I'm, I'm breaking down, nurse walks in like, Mr. Decker, you have to calm down. You have to settle down because my blood pressure is just flying off the chart, right? They want to keep my heart rate normal. They want to stabilize it. And um, as she's walking out, guess who walks in, man? She does. She walks in. She walks in with some sunglasses, a new hairstyle, her sister, a file in her hand, um, a paperwork in her hand. And the cop looks up and he's just like, you know, for a woman who'd been through all this stuff, this just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. Normally and, you don't uh, want to face the accuser or the accused or
1: whatever. So, Yeah. You know, it's like she, ultimately it's like, she just wanted to see how I was doing, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I, that night, you know, I was, I was talking to God under my breath, man. And, and I, you know, asked him what was going on and, you know the greatest you know the greatest god moment happened to me and uh you know just this wonderful peaceful feeling came over me and and the lights dimmed and the noises in the hospital got quiet and it just seemed like there was nothing around me the the pain the pain was like subsiding for a little while and i just hear this voice this this subtle but confident and strong powerful voice whisper the charges will be dropped. Uh, your bills will be paid and you will walk again. And I doze off into this vision of playing soccer and I wake up the next day and everything's back to chaos, man. The lights, the noises, the machines, the doctors in and out. And, um, a couple of days after that, man, the police show up like Mr. Decker, uh, you're no longer under arrest. We wish you the best. And, in that moment, I was like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. Cause <laughs> the truth is, is that you hear something like that and you're medicated and you're in pain. Like, how do you even fathom something
0: yeah. to
1: that magnitude? And, uh, yeah, man. And, and it was, and, and I just, this boom, my relationship with God really started in that moment. And, um, a few days later, or right after that, my mom was able to come visit me at the hospital and she shows up and she's bawling her eyes out. The doctors are like, this kid's never walking again. You know, my mom's coming up to me and she's, you know, she's, she's broken. She's broken over the whole situation. And, you know, she comes up to me and she says, you know, son, I wish it was all over that day. And I truly understood what she meant, you know, with a woman who'd been through everything she'd been through and and seeing that her firstborn had been through what he'd been through. And, And uh, she just didn't want any of us to be in pain anymore. So I completely understood that. But um, I also knew that God had me here for a reason. And the nurses show up into the hospital room and they're just like, Mr. Decker, we got to get you to walk. And I knew for a fact that wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't going to go down. But my mom was in the room, had to give her some hope. You know, all I could think about was Christ on the cross, A little bit of passion of Christ, some Isaiah 53 in there. I put it all together and gathered up the courage to get up on my feet and squeal like a a dying pig. And they put me right back down on the bed, man. And and um, they were like, "He's done. He's not walking." But I I knew I would. I knew I would. And I wasn't really worried about it. My mom was pretty broken about it, but I wasn't broken about it. And uh, the the neurosurgeon came in. Was said, "Hey, we're gonna." perform another surgery on you and they did and after that surgery i was able to drag my foot and i knew in that moment that as i'm dragging my foot you know dragging is going to lead to walking and walking to running and running to jumping right like i'm going to be good again um so that was my huge god experience um the first time now the recovery process the first three or four years was a struggle because there's pain medications i was still drinking alcohol to medicate and god came through like a ninja another time man you know i was really <laughs> struggling he did though i mean my experiences with him are on a on such a level where it's just like i mean you can't take my be- belief away from me because of, of how powerful these these situations were and and the thing that he said and you know all those surgeries and hospital stays there was 2 million dollars worth of surgeries and and whatever comes along with that and the the state of California paid for all that kind of stuff. So I'm walking again. I don't have those bills. Right. And, and all those charges got dropped. And, uh, I met this young woman at my gym. I just started working again. I was like, there's no need to be on disability. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to become a personal trainer. I'm going to help people. And I'm going to use my story to do so fight the good fight, you know? And, uh, I met this young lady and we started talking and, and I was still drinking, early on in that relationship. And one day I took her car and I was supposed to go pick her up from work. Well, I was drinking with a buddy and I ended up totaling her car. I had to leave the scene. I fell into a creek. I hid under a house and I'm over here negotiating with the Lord like, Lord, you got to help me out here. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm like, I get it. I get it. You're God and you're mighty. And, and, and I've made some horrible choices and I deserve to leave this my, the job I was, that I was at was making incredible money. And I had this great relationship with this wonderful world, uh, girl, you know, and things were just like, my health was coming back and, and I'm under, and I'm negotiating with them. I'm like, Lord, here's the deal. If you bail me out of this situation, I will quit drinking. I will move from San Jose and move to San, uh, to, to Southern California with Alyssa Um, because that's what she wanted to do after she graduated. She wanted to come back home. And not only that, Lord, I'll marry her. If this is what you want for my life, I just ask that you bail me out of this situation. Well, um, that's kind of what happened. Um, (laughs) you know, he, he, uh, in, in, in that moment, he goes, get up and go. And I'm walking down the street and I see this lady and I'm like, man, man, she looks at me, walks past me. I'm like, Lord, I don't get it. I turn the corner and I see this school. I recognize this school and there's some guys working, some construction workers. So I go to this guy like, hey man, rough night, need your help, call me a cab please. Can I sit in your truck and and turn the heater on? Cause I was soaking wet, I was bloody um, from falling into this creek and 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 he did that. He went, he let me sit in his truck and he, he called the uh, cab and uh, he comes back. He goes, yeah, go over to the police station and the the taxi will pick you up. Now I'm not even in my right mind, dude. You know, I'm like, okay, cool. I, I walk over to the police station and there's the cops are coming. My phone's dead. I'm like, Hey officer, can I get a charger? <laughs> can I charge? I need to call my girl. And you know, they're looking at me all crazy. Um, the, the taxi cab shows up. No one helps me. Taxi cab shows up, takes me to the house and you know, she's there with open arms to receive me. And, um, and later on that day, I find out that the police had been looking for me. I found out that they were trying to track my phone, but it happened to die. Um, I know that if one of those police officers at that school had ran my name, um, I was still had alcohol in my system, and I would have been done
0: yeah.
1: and um you know and 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 I end up going to court, and I end up getting like five days, six days of community service for. Uh, hit and run, but there was no alcohol charges. I didn't kill anyone. I didn't lose my girl. We were able to move to Southern California. I married that woman. (laughs) We have a beautiful kid, you know, and, and, and from that moment on that, that, that conversation with God under that house I've never for a second had a desire to drink. So that was like my deliverance moment. He knew what it was going to take for me to to, to not ever drink again, because the drinking was a problem. Um, it was probably the only real problem in my relationship with my, my new relationship, uh, my, in my life with my new relationship. So, um, so God did these miraculous things. So not only did he, he heal my back and I get to work out, as you see on my social media, all the crazy cool stuff that I do, but, you know, I'm off the alcohol. There's no pain medication that I take. And, and, you know, if you go look at my x-rays and stuff, it just baffles you that I don't take any, any medication or even the movement that I do in the gym. You're like, man, how does that guy do that kind of stuff? And, you know, I'm 40 years old. I'm 40 years old. Who's been like rebuilt, you know, um, who should have a lot of problems from all the surgeries and everything like that. But that's not the case, man. Um, God delivered me mightily from all those situations. Um, and I just, I appreciate his grace, man. I, I see everything he's done in my life, even all the troubling stuff that I've been through in my life. I get to reflect on that and be like, you know what, because I've been through that, I can share with somebody, um, and, and, and come in agreement with somebody and, and people understand through my experiences, um, that there can be um, a help or deliverance from the things that they're going through. So, you know, a lot of what I do now is I share my story, like you've allowed me to do, so that someone can hear the story and be like, "Man, you know, I've struggled with drugs, and I've struggled with alcohol, and you know, my I came from a bad family, and and you know, I was even molested when I was young. You know, it's just like you know all these crazy things that have happened to me over my life. It's like it sounds weird. <laughs> But I'm pretty thankful for them because now I get to share that with other people and those broken people get to hear the story and say, you know what, maybe this God thing really works. And for those that are already in Christ that are struggling, it's like, you know, maybe I should really focus back on Jesus again, you know, because I know this, that when I did that, things really started to change for me.
0: And that's one of the twelfth step in Celebrate Recovery is mainly to continue sharing what happened to you to others for not only your healing but the healing of other people. That's something I kind for of sure. in my story, like I went through the twelve step program, it Celebrate Recovery, and then I was like, "Sweet, I'm done." <laughs> and, uh, and then slowly right. I just started allowing things back into my life, and then I was like, "What the heck?" You know, now I'm back where I started, and it's because I didn't. sharing your story is healing, not only for you, but for the people hearing it as well. It's goes both ways.
1: For sure. Well, you know, I I think for me, sharing my story is just showing my gratefulness to him, you know, just like, dude, God, I'm not going to forget what you did for me. And in that process, like, because you're in a Christian based organization with a bunch of believers or folks that are on the fence with their faith, it's like, um, you know, you get an opportunity to help the body of Christ, because when the body of Christ is strong, you can go out there and pull other people into the body of Christ. When everyone is broken, you know, where is the draw? Where's the like, where's the world going to say, well, you know, I go through those things, but that Christian is going through all the same stuff. And and they look as broken and hopeless and lost as I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not working for them. Um, But what you get to do through sharing is like, it has worked and it does work and it is a process and and so you get to heal other brothers and sisters in Christ or helping in that process of healing and um you know the truth is 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 Christ is appealing to those that are broken in our testimony is an example of that. That's
0: a good word, man.
1: Well, that's from the Holy spirit. That wasn't me, man. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's sharing your story.
0: You just said it is you're saying it's, it's showing your gratefulness to God. That that's basically the definition of worship. <laughs> so the more absolutely you is just worship back to God.
1: Never want to forget what he's done for me. And, and, you know, I think that in this day and age with all the troubling things that are going on, you know, um, christians are losing sight of what what's really important um they're getting shook by the whole world and its processes so you know it's very important for us to keep our eyes on him you know like peter on the water man you just got to keep your eyes on him because in the midst of the storm while you're walking on water you take your eyes off him and it's it's death man so um just something to keep in mind you know And, and i encourage you to continue to tell your story man i mean the truth is, is that we all have a story and someone's going to relate to to you more than they're going to relate to me. It just is what it is. And as, as crazy as my story sounds, like someone's just going to totally blow off my story and, and 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 someone else is going to be able to draw them in with theirs. So that's part of being the body of Christ.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Totally agree. Um, well, you had talked sure. about possibly you're starting a podcast. Did I see that on Facebook? Or are you so just... I want uh, to, oh, <laughs> You want so,
1: yes, I do. Well, I want to start a ministry. I want to start a podcast and I want to call it faith and fitness. Um, because I'll tell you something about fitness is that fitness will teach you a lot about you. And, 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 and fitness is a process too. You're going to learn so many things. You're going to advance. You're going to regress. You're going to, you know, people get injured. You got to figure out new things. Like you've got to dial in your nutrition and and so for me, fitness is health. Um, it's not just lifting weights and moving, but there, there's more to it. But, you know, faith and fitness for me is what's carried me to this moment. You know, um, trusting in him with my, you know, him wanting me to be healthy and, and and striving and pushing forward with all of it. You know, I really want to take my my Christianity and my faith and, and mold it with, with the fitness part of it. And and I'm not saying, Hey, I only want fit people to be calling my show, and, <laughs> you know, or, or yeah. coming to my ministry. It's like, you know, no, we all know we should be a little bit healthier. We all know. I mean, we all start, it's just like in Christianity. I mean, you're basically a cult if, if, if you're only allowing a certain people um, within your thought process to, to, to come in. And um, you just want to be that, that, positive impact with fitness but knowing that 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 the reason that we're getting healthier there's a grander plan and um, there's a greater drive than just having abs you know what I'm saying it's it's God gave us this wonderful temple to take care of and we now live in a culture where there's GMOs and the air quality and there's things in the water and You know, we don't know what's in the food a lot of times and what's being fed to the animals that we're eating or what kind of pesticides are being put on the plants and we're ingesting all that kind of stuff. So it's more of a body awareness and overall health situation. So my goal would be to be, to address those things and keep it godly all the time, you know, um, because of him, we were made in his image. So respect that image.
0: I need to be preaching to myself on that. (laughs) Well, I've been doing good on my diet side, but but uh I worked out for the first time with Andrew last night and it's just that it's a lot easier when you have people that work out with you. It's part of that community for sure aspect of yeah. it. And uh I actually set up a home gym and got all this stuff set up and it's like basically four people could work out at the same time. Uh just in just in like I'm not motivated enough to work out but I know like now I got it there just one step closer to working out daily again. <laughs>
1: so well we yeah. all we all start somewhere man and it's it's like it you know this is faith and fitness for me this is kind of what I'm trying to create. So it's just the same as being a believer and saying you know what right now I can only eat one piece of scripture, right? Like I'm just going to read one and eventually one turns into two pieces of scripture, then into like a chapter and then a book. And and that's kind of how fitness is too. It's like, you know what, I'm in for the long haul. So what I'm going to do is I'll do a little bit here. I'm going to make a positive change here. I'm going to, you know, maybe eat a little bit less of this, eat a little bit more of that. Maybe I'm going to work out a little bit harder, a little bit longer here or there. Like you start implementing these new things, And then eventually you have a very strong foundation. And before you know it, like you're cruising with this kind of stuff.
0: That's why it's always good to look back, like, uh, look back at, you know, maybe where you were last year and see, whoa, I am making some progress, you know, especially working out because might not be losing the weight because you're actually gaining some muscle. And so, um, so i you know, so I don't look at the number as much as, am I feeling better? You know, am I, do I look better, like healthier, you know, do I have more energy?
1: Those are real tangible things that we should focus on. You know, I mean, people get obsessed with numbers and, you know, I grew up in the bodybuilding industry. And so, you know, it was always like for my height, I should weigh this much and have this much muscle. And then, you know, and, and it becomes so numbers driven that it, it becomes very unhealthy yeah. and, um, you want, you want to stray away from that. If you can get into good habits very young in your your, your uh, fitness walk, you know, it's, you're going to prevent a lot of headaches and a lot of um, unwarranted fail- failure.
0: Well, I was going to get with you about intermittent fasting, but I want to okay. kind of hold off because Andrew and I are kind of been doing that together. I started it in December. Yeah and uh i know that he really wanted to talk about that so i'll maybe give you a call (laughs) soon no that's cool
1: you know um but i'll touch on it right i'll I'll touch on it real quick i do it myself personally i do do it myself um it's just a good way to um create a window in which you're not eating for a long period of time your your growth hormone levels tend to spike a little bit more plus you're not eating those calories so you're burning the ones that you have stored uh, but the the big obstacle that individuals have is what they're eating in that window that that eight hour window or so that they're given to eat um you know, I think it's very important to eat as nutritionally sound as possible in that window. Mm-hmm. And I'll just leave it at that. I'll keep it that general. And then if Andrew wants to pick my brain and
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm more sure than happy will. to get, what, what version do you than- do? Cause I do like the, the sixteen eight, And then I do the five with it.
1: Um, I do the sixteen eight. I do, uh, and you do what else with it?
0: Well, I do two days, like every Monday and every Thursday I do a, like a 500 calorie day. Okay. So I try to, I mean, it's five, five to eight hundred. Like, I'm not like, I'm don't stick to the numbers exactly, but, um, for sure. I try to just do a little like cut back, do more veggies on that day, do more calorie free kind of snacks and, and, uh, try to cut back on that two days a week. So like every weekend I tend to like fall off the train a little bit, you know? And so Monday, most
1: people like, do on the weekend.
0: <laughs> exactly. So Monday is a good reset for me and then uh, Thursday, we used to have house church that met at my house on, on Wednesday nights, and so there's usually a, a, some good desserts served at a church meeting, you know, so, uh, sure. so Thursday would be a, another day we'd reset, but so we do the sixteen eight, but in that, we also two days a week, not back-to-back, that's the rule, is don't do it back-to-back, but two days a week, we do a 500-calorie day. I think it's Somewhat just to reset, also somewhat just kind of helps keep your body guessing, (laughs) I think is part of that. Yeah,
1: for sure. Well, here's the beautiful thing about what you're doing. You know, we can all have this this divine game plan when it comes to that stuff. But you know what? You're going to figure out what works for you. You guys may even be on different schedules and doing different things because you find out that you have different body types and fitness affects you different and certain nutrients affect you different than it affects him. And But this is all part of the learning process uh, exactly. for you guys. I do sixteen eight, man, man, and I do it all the time. I mean, I pretty much seven days a week. That's what I'm doing. And, you know, I'll have my night or two where I just gorge on sugary treats. But um, I also know that I train very hard. And so a lot of times, you know, I tax my body to the point where it's just like, you know, it it can use the extra nutrients. And so, you know, I, I keep those things in mind. You know, the, the more I, I beat up my body, um, I know that I have a little bit more give when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, that's just where I'm at in the process of, of all of it. And and you guys will figure that out and you'll get there and, you know, the, it's going to get to a point where you're like, well, maybe I just don't feel like eating that bad meal because I'm so goal driven right now. And, um, I like where these things are going and, you know, but it's part of your walk. That's the beautiful thing. It's like, even, at, oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was going to say, and, and for me, like, that's, that's the truth is, I mean, I, I eat from noon to eight is kind of my eating time period. And so there's sometimes at like seven, you know, I'm usually done with dinner by 630. So there's sometimes I don't eat anything else after 630 because I don't, I'm not hungry. I just ate dinner, you know? So, so uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, that's for me, the biggest thing, like I've done different diets and I've given up popping gained weight, you know? So it's just kind of like finding what works for you. Is is the goal? I think for everybody. Yeah,
1: man. And and here's the deal: if you can get up on an empty stomach and do wind sprints in a fasted state for 15 to 20 minutes, I dare you to do that for a couple of weeks and see how much body fat you lose. It's
0: the getting that part.
1: <laughs> well, you know that's that's a skill too, man. That's a skill too. You know, <laughs> yeah. um let's not forget I'm 40 with a kid and <laughs> and I've been through all that stuff. So. Um, you know, I wake up at 4, 4.30 every single morning. So, for me, this is easy stuff. It's like it's so part of my nature at this point that it's yeah, just I, really, really I easy. I used to
0: do the the 6 a.m. gym workout class. So I, I used to ha- be in That's that habit, awesome. and then I got out of it. And so, now I'm just having to baby step back into it, I guess.
1: All right. You know, maybe you should, like, take some more leaps and bounds in this baby step. Like, stop milking the baby step, <laughs> awesome bro. Baby this guy's milking the baby step. Bro, like obviously we know we're supposed to be doing a little bit more okay you know you know you know i don't i don't want to hurt myself i'm just gonna baby
0: step this yeah, i'm just gonna cool, some treadmill, some treadmill you know.
1: <laughs> right right you know this morning i actually walked in the gym looked at the elliptical and walked out you know, you know just baby steps bro just baby steps
0: <laughs> what does it say like i do oh, one man. sit up a day getting up in the morning is half and Laying down is the other. Right.
1: <laughs> well, that's a, unless you roll out of bed, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know?
0: Sorry, man. If you we'll stop a lot it.
1: of fiber, that's a lot of squats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, on that, we'll end the show.
1: <laughs> Before this takes a nasty path. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Before this goes down a rabbit hole, we can't get out of sure. it. Sure. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you all next week.